The New Age Christianity Podcast is brought to you by Hello, New Age Christian family. This is Austin Fletcher. You're listening to the New Age Christian Podcast, and this is episode number 73. We are just about finished with our series on Unpacking the Secret, and today we are talking about specifically unpacking the secret when it comes to changing the world and how you view the world and your place in it. For me, Changing the world has been the thing that I have wanted to participate in my entire life. It has been a driver and is something that I find really easy to think about and meditate on, and I have spent a lot of time picking apart my place in it. But for most people, it's kind of one of those things that we just feel is out of our control. We don't feel like we have a part to play. We don't feel like our little actions, our little world is going to do much of anything or make much of a difference, and that couldn't be further from the truth. You can absolutely change the world. Start by changing your own, of course, but even on a broader scale, the law of attraction can help in even this way. So have you ever wondered how you might be able to do your part to change the world? Maybe you haven't. Maybe changing the world is not really that big of a deal to you. And honestly, there's nothing wrong with that. I used to think there was something wrong with that. I used to uh, think that everybody had to play some big cosmic part in changing the world. And uh, if you have listened to the episode, oh, what did I call it? The Purpose Driven Lie. (laughs) Then you will understand that uh, none of the advice I give is uh, legal. You should consult a legal professional. I don't know. Point being is that this episode is not intended to be a source of condemnation for those of you who just want to live a nice, normal life, have some kids, have a family, have a great job, and go on vacation and all those things. I'm getting more and more to being one of those people. I just, I don't know, changing the world has been one of those things that's been a driver for years and years and years for me. But at the same time, it's also kind of been a source of condemnation. You know, I've talked a lot about, you know, when you hold this, oh, I know you're capable of this. You're so much better than this. Your life should look better. And then when it doesn't, you feel kind of like a failure. Well, when changing a world, changing the world is a driver for you. uh, Anything short of changing the world feels like failure. So this is a double-edged sword when it comes to motivation and a sense of purpose and a sense of excitement for playing your part, but it can also, you know, it's one of those things that I think a lot of people have had a sense of condemnation and, well, I don't really want to change the world. I'm fine with my world. It doesn't, you know, it's, I'm sorry, I don't have this drive to go out there and save everybody. Well, guess what? That's okay. Go listen to The Purpose Driven Lie. I think it's maybe 10 episodes ago. So this is what, 73? No, actually it's, um, it's probably 20 episodes ago. So maybe episode 53 or something like that, The Purpose Driven Lie. And uh, just know that I'm not here trying to say that everyone has to change the world. I am here saying that you do have a part to play. Whether you actively pursue you know, very tangible means or not, even your vibration, everything is vibration. And I do love, you know, right at the gate with the secret, they talk about how, you know, using the secret to change the world the first thing they talk about is how the world is so focused on all the things that they don't want. 
that we have the war on poverty, the war on drugs, the the war on this and the war on that. And there's an energy to fighting all of these things, the war on cancer. There's an energy to fighting the, whether it's diseases or human conditions such as poverty or behaviors we don't like such as drug addiction. When you put all of your energy towards fighting something, if you remember, the law of attraction and the universe is only creative. It can only create. So when you put your energy and your focus towards something that you want to destroy, the reality is the universe cannot destroy anything. It can only replace it with something else, right? So if you want to get rid of cancer, what do you want in its place? Because it is creative and creative only. It is not destructive. If you meditate on that, you will realize that all destruction, another way to frame it is that it is the replacement with something different. But in the human mind, we have this illusion that we can replace something with nothing. And energy doesn't work that way. Energy is constantly transforming in the transmutation of energy from a negative to the positive or the positive to the negative or from one negative to another negative or one from positive from one to another positive. It can't just go from being something to nothing. That's my point. It can't go from being cancer to nothing. It has to go from being cancer to being something else. It has to go from poverty to something else. So how do you create not poverty? You instinctively know, well, Austin, the answer to not poverty is having money. Okay, you're right. Absolutely. But we constantly, a war on poverty is we want no more poverty. Well, that's great. What do you want instead? The universe wants to know what do you want instead? I'll create whatever you want. But creating not poverty is not a thing. And so when you understand that everything's at at a vibrational level, then you're creating not poverty, not poverty, not poverty, not poverty, not poverty, not poverty, 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 poverty. You realize that the energy becomes poverty. Whether it's not or yes or no, it all it knows is the energy of poverty. Your focus is poverty. Your focus is cancer. Your focus is drug addiction. Your focus is inequality. Your focus is racism, right? Uh, the number... You know, I'll go on the record, and if I ever run for president and they play this tape back, I will proudly say that some of the most racist people are the people who constantly fight against racism because they're the only ones who see it everywhere, right? I get that subconscious racism is a thing. I get that there are inequalities, but when you literally see it in places it doesn't exist, it is because you have trained your lens to see racism everywhere. You've trained your lens to see sexism everywhere. You've trained your lens to see that people are looking at your hair the wrong way everywhere. It doesn't matter if they are or not because your mind is so focused on the not. Your mind is so focused on the negative that that is literally all that it can see. And so when you go to a restaurant and I say, uh, excuse me, sir, they, and I say it the wrong way, suddenly I'm a racist or whatever. And, and, and it's, it happens constantly 
in the different war on fill in the blank. It happens in the social justice movement where we focus so much on the negative and eliminating the negative that literally all we see is the negative. It is everywhere, quote unquote. And now when we talk about relationships two episodes ago and I talk about stopping and pausing, you know, and saying that, oh, that my wife makes me feel, no, you're seeing what it is that you are focusing on. So when your wife says X, Y, and Z and it makes you feel angry, the reality is, is that if you change your focus, you can change your feeling. The same thing goes for whether it's racism or the war on anything that when you're focused on the negative, you see the negative everywhere. And so when you are trying to change the negative, especially the world, start figuring out what it is you're for and stop focusing on what it is that you're against, right? So if you're against a particular policy by a particular political party, great. Well, what one do you want instead? What is the policy you want instead? And I have found that if you pay attention to your own vibration, you'll realize that most of the time when people are vehemently against something, if you ask them, well, what would you rather have instead? They don't have an answer for you. Well, I don't know, but all I know is that this has got to stop. Great. So you have voluntarily put all of your energy towards the negative. You are part of the marches that make sure that everyone knows the negative is out there. And then when asked what you would rather have, this beautiful, positive thing that you think you're fighting for, you don't even have an answer. Focusing on the negative allows many, many people just to be lazy and allows them to look and feel like they're important and feel like they're a good person and feel like they're doing their part to change the world. And actually, they're just keeping the world exactly the same. They are making it worse a lot of times. They're becoming the very thing that they wish they weren't. You know, the most fascist group out there right now is Antifa. Like, look up the definition of fascism. Look up the history of fascism and realize that Antifa, anti-fascist movement, are the most fascist group of people out there. They have become the very thing they hate. And, you know, that's, I'm not going to get into conspiracy theories and, you know, how people are paid to show up at those rallies and stuff like that. That's a whole other, you know, just Google that and have some fun. But the reality is, is that so often the most sexist people are the ones who fight against sexism. The most racist people are the ones who make a career out of fighting against racism. The most, you fill in the blank, the most religious people are the ones who are trying to fight religion, right? They've become the most dogmatic, like religion and blah, 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 and they form their own religion. All the things that they hate the church for, they're doing, right? We see it everywhere. This is simply the law of attraction at work. It's the simplicity of how the human mind works. It's how energy works. That when you focus on the negative and you don't focus on the positive, you become that thing. I know I'm beating a dead horse here, but you'd be amazed at how many little ways in which you're doing this every day. You want to stop being poor? What do you want instead? Because most of the time you're focused on your bills. Most of the time you're focused on the stress. Most of the time you're focused on the fact that you don't have the job you don't want. You want. Well, what job do you want instead? And while you go work the job you don't like, meditate on the job you want. And while you pay your bills and barely scrape by, meditate on what it's like to make more income. Find those numbers. And and I've I've done all this stuff in the other episodes. I'm not going to repeat myself. 
so much as to say you focus on the negative the human mind focuses on the negative a lot more than we would like to think and then we get more of that negative and we wonder why we have created nothing but the same thing over and over again because we have never given it the thing that we we are for you know why we don't give it the thing we are for is because taking the time to figure that out can be pretty hard work you don't want racism okay what do you want instead well I want equality awesome what does that look like well it looks like and a lot of people it looks like we all make the same amount of money really for the same level of expertise well, no, because, you know, that guy had a leg up at it. And now you realize I'm not going to go down this path for political, you know, drama. But to say focusing on what you're for takes a lot of work. Okay, you're against racism and you're for equality. What is equality? What does the energy of equality look like to you? Some people it looks like reparations and that certain races of people need to be paid back for injustices for generations worth. I'm not here to debate the the legitimacy of that. Have you thought about that? Have you thought, actually, you know what? There's some legitimacy to it. No, most people haven't taken the time to actually figure out when it comes to racism, what am I for? When it comes to poverty, what am I for? When it comes to immigration, what am I for? When it comes to terrorism, what am I for? We know what we're against. Are you for or against? Pick a subject vaccines, genetically modified food, um, the education system, the political system, the two-party system, term limits, pick an issue, pick anything that the news likes to get you up in a tizzy about and ask yourself, what am I for? What am I focusing my energy on? And in some ways you might know, oh, I'm absolutely for this and I've thought through it and it's great. Isn't it amazing how your negative energy, let's say, let's pick something you have thought through really well. Maybe you have thought through how, what you believe the answer is to immigration and you've studied it and you figured out, well, I know there's nuance in the fact that you do have children and you do have this and you do have that and you've studied it and you, you're well-rounded, you're open-hearted about, you're not just a cold-hearted bastard about, you know, just, well, kill them all. I mean, whatever it is, you've taken the time to look at what you're for and you know exactly how to answer the questions that people would throw at you and everything like that. Have you noticed that your energy about what you're against is much more stable? It's much more educated and nuanced and like, no, I'm still very much against our existing policies on X, Y, and Z, but I can have a level-headed, intelligent conversation about it because I've done my homework on what I'm for. If you've never done that on any issue, shame on you. You should you're a new age Christian. You should be checking the, you, should, you should be raising your vibration and your intelligence on so many things. I don't know, shame on you. You know whatever. I love you. There's grace for all these things, but if you've never even taken the time to figure take one subject and figure out, you know what? I'm going to figure out what I really want. I'm going to figure out what I'm actually for. Then take that example and realize that once you've done the work, and it could be, oh, no, I know exactly. Maybe it's not a political thing. Maybe it's, I know exactly what kind of house I want. I know exactly what kind, you know what my dream car looks like. That's a really good, quote, unquote, you know, surface level one that we all have done. Uh, not all of us. But a lot of us have done, like, okay, oh, man, I would love this dream car. 
And so when you focus on the law of attraction, you're not trying to get rid of, I'm, oh, I don't want this car. Awesome. The universe says, what do you want? Well, I want this car. Have you noticed when you do that, your energy towards the car that you don't want is significantly more stable. It's not so fly off the handle and nebulous, like, well, I don't know what the solution is. I just know I don't like that thing. No, it's more like, no, I know exactly the vehicle I want. And until I have that, I'm going to work with what I have. And suddenly there's a, often there's a measure of patience. Oh, heaven forbid there'd be a measure of gratitude for the vehicle you currently have. Heaven forbid there'd be a measure of gratitude for current political policy that although it could be improved, maybe it's one of the better ones in the world. Maybe it's pretty dang good compared to where we came from. Do you feel the energy difference when you've taken the time to figure out what you're for and how that can better frame, more, you know, more stably frame the thing that you're against. You can't create not Obama. You can't create not Trump. You can't create not Bernie Sanders or not liberals, not Democrats, not media. You can't create those things. And so your energy just becomes Trump, 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 Trump. And now you're putting all of your creative juice towards Trump. There's a reason that, historically speaking, the least popular candidate with the population, as far as like the one that everyone's got the most, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he said that. Oh my gosh, I can't believe. No way he'll win. You know, there's a reason that historically, those are the ones who win. is because all of the energy, whether it's negative or positive, it's energy. And all of that energy is going towards that candidate. They say this in The Secret, and I'm not telling you anything that you haven't seen if you've seen that movie. But it is absolutely true for all things, not just political candidates. It's also true for cancer. It's also true for poverty. It's true for racism or, or whatever ails you. Whatever thing that it is that you don't want in this world, take the time to examine what you do want. Find your creative position in that. And also just notice how much more patience or how much less frantic energy you have towards the thing you don't want because now you've given your energy something to focus on and you'll find that this other negative thing over here is a lot less scary because you understand it and you realize how we got there and whatever. So as far as your part in changing the world, maybe you are somebody who's like, you know, I want to do more than just focus on the positives, Austin. I want to actually play a part. The best thing I can say is, regardless of, there is a debate, and I've just recently gone through this in my head, and I don't know if I'll do an episode on it or not. I have have a kind of a revamped theory, but uh, it's definitely been a debate that I've had in my head for years. And that, since learning the law of attraction, has been, it was started by Neil Donald Walsh on The Secret where, if you'll remember, he says, there is no blackboard in the sky, upon which is written, here is Austin Fletcher, a handsome guy who, fill in the blank, there is no blackboard with instructions on who you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to do in this world. And a Christian way of saying it, or a religious, you know, there is no such thing as a calling. You don't have a calling. You don't have a purpose. You just choose what you want. Neil Donald Walsh proposes that in The Secret. 
And the first time I saw that, I've told people for years, I love The Secret except for the thing that Neil Donald Walsh says about the blackboard in the sky. I disagree. I believe we have a blackboard. Well, if you listen to The Purpose Driven Lie, you'll see that maybe it's not so cut and dry as that. (laughs) Maybe some of us do have a calling and some of us don't. And I've been meditating around that. And now I have kind of a newer theory on, on kind of how both are true at the same time. I won't get into that at the moment, but that any sense of calling or any sense of purpose, regardless of whether or not it comes from God or whether or not you choose to do it yourself, and basically whoever's in charge of your life, whether it's God or you, regardless of who's in charge, the real work of changing the world is to get into alignment and trust that you will be where you need to be. So if it's you and you're putting out there like, I want to participate in changing the world, then your spirit, which is one with everyone else's spirit and the oneness of God, knows exactly where your vibration, your energy, your skill set is most needed, is most useful, right? That's the best word I can say, the best way I can say it. The most needed, the most useful, the most bang for your buck for your existence. I'm here on this earth. Here I am, world. I want to do my part. Awesome. Your spirit knows exactly where your energy is needed. And by the way, as you change your energy, I have pretty firm belief that you, you that answer can change. You change drastically enough, the spirit basically can say, oh, now that you're this person, you're better you need it over here. That's why people can have these sudden changes in career or whatever. I digress. If there is such a thing, whether it's God saying you need to be here or you saying I want to be where I'm most useful, the end result is the same. That getting in alignment with your intuition and getting in alignment with your place in this human story, with your place in humanity and in God and in the universe, that is, to me, the quickest way to get beyond, hey, I'm just going to focus on the positive and I'm going to play my part as one of the masses, but I want to play a very specific part that I enjoy and that that the, where the world needs me is to focus on getting into alignment. Now, how do you get into alignment? Well, what do you want? He gives us the desires of our hearts. So getting into alignment doesn't necessarily have to be well, okay, I'm going to close my eyes and I'm going to put my name, I'm going to put my hand in the jar and I'm going to pull out my divine assignment and, ah, oh, shit, I need to go be a missionary in Africa. <laughs> right? It's not that. It's not. What do you want? What does your heart desire? Now, if your heart desires to serve others and your heart desires to sacrifice certain creature comforts so that you can find meaning in helping people in Africa find God, then by all means, be a missionary in Africa. But there's this, I remember being in, growing up in church where there was this fear like, oh, I'll do anything, God, just don't make me do that. Right? And I think there is absolutely an energetic truth there that we uh, are worried that we will put ourselves in areas that, you know, grow us the hardest or challenge us the most. But, there is this servanthood kind of lie that God's going to screw your life over because 
for the greater good. And I believe it's a lie. I believe there are certainly examples of people sacrificing themselves for the greater good. But even Jesus, it was for the joy set before him that he endured the cross. So if you feel called to do something that is scary or hard or and sometimes you catch yourself wishing that you weren't that person, believe me, I can identify. There was, there's plenty of times where I've caught myself wishing that, that I was different than I am because the life that I have led has, in my spiritual journey and my sense of calling, has definitely created some challenges in my life that I often wish were not there. But the reality is that it is for the joy set before me that I make the hard decisions. It is for the joy set before me because I have other values and, and values are not static. It's not like, well, you don't want to be poor, so congratulations, you won't be. No, it is... I have values, I have spiritual values, I have relational values, I have health values over financial values. And somewhere in there, financial values then uh, trump, I don't know, uh, the what kind of shoes I have. Like, there are certain hierarchies of energy, hierarchies of value. And what do you want? And realize that any sense of calling, any sense of divine purpose there's going to be joy in it in some way, shape, or form. If there is no joy and you're literally just, I'm doing this because I have to, you're doing it wrong. That is not God. In, I, I will say that bold-faced that it is not what God intends for the human experience. And if you are fighting that and saying, nope, God absolutely wants people, you know, he needs people who are willing to be miserable and everything, well, then even that, there's a joy in that for you. You're actually getting something out of it. None of us really do anything 100% out of servitude. Even the sense of serving others makes us feel good or makes us feel like we're playing our part and we're still getting something out of it. So, tricks on you. You're still doing it for your own sake, even if you're miserable about most of it. You're still happy about being miserable. So, haha. <laughs> there's no here around it. There is a joy in even doing the hard things. And so if that's the case, then own it and own the things that you want out of life and own the values and examine, man, why on earth would I put myself through that hell? Oh, because I have a value for spiritual growth or I have a value for being meaningful to other people. I have a value for gratitude and I want to give my life as a gratitude to God or whatever it is. There are other values. And if you can line yourself up with your own emotions and your own values and realize, yeah, this is really hard. But I'm doing this because I'm in alignment with other values that I hold higher. Suddenly, the fact that you can't pay your bills this week doesn't have to be this big source of condemnation. It can actually be like, well, I've made choices and I'm powerfully aware. I mean, I've said in previous episodes that unless things change, I'm currently I'm working on declaring bankruptcy. I've made choices. I started companies that are doing okay, but they weren't able to keep up with the bills. And I racked up debt to try to survive and... It's caught up with me. Now I can look at that and go, oh, you know, God's teaching me a lesson through divine. No, I had other choices. I had a priority of energies and I am in alignment with myself. And when you get in alignment with yourself and you get in alignment with that blackboard, whether you wrote it or whether God wrote it, I do believe in a way there is a blackboard. There is this sense of fulfillment of like when I do that and when I'm doing that, there's a sense of peace and presence and you know neil donald walsh says there is no blackboard you create your own future awesome 
then you're the one writing it on the blackboard. There's still the energy of when I get there. It's, I call the blackboard, call it the finish line, call it a calling. I don't really care. There's an energy of when I'm doing this, I am fulfilled. If you can own that and you can own even if it's a hard thing, then you can realize that there's a hierarchy of energies that you're fulfilling and that you are in alignment with all of that. Then you are in a much better place to realize that your energy is all flowing in the same direction and that there isn't this sense of condemnation cutting off a bunch of energy to the right and a sense of unfulfillment cutting off your energy to the left. No, it's all flowing and you can put your attention where it's all going. And as, and as, as it says on the secret, energy flows where attention goes. And when your attention is on lack, that's where the energy goes. When your attention is on Donald Trump, that's where the energy goes. When your attention is on the pedophilia stuff, that's where attention goes. That's where the energy goes. So there are so many different things that you can put your attention in. There's so many different ways you can find yourself in alignment. But the reality then becomes wherever your energy is. And so if you want to do your part to change the world and, and do your part to find be in alignment, realize where your energy is. And that is one of the, you know, boil everything I've said, you know, for the last 30 minutes, just boil it down to that. What is your energy flowing to right now? Is your energy flowing to struggle? Is your energy flowing to politics? Is your energy flowing to work? Is your energy flowing to an argument? Is your energy flowing to sickness? Or attention goes, energy flows. And so if you want to know where your attention is, try to feel your energy. That's a kind of a backhanded way to do that. Now, the last point I want to make when it comes to the world is it's a very broad belief point. And that is most of us have, and I love how Michael Beckwith talks about it in The Secret. He says, you know, the, that the world has taken a nightmare pill that says there's not enough, right? You know, like when they talk about like, oh, we need population control. There's not enough land. When was the last time you were in an airplane? And you go over the middle of the United States and there is just thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of acres with nothing or very little. You know that the entire world's population would fit inside of Texas comfortably, right? Most of the world is hauled up around the oceans. Like I think it's 90% of the world's population is within 10 kilometers of the water. But if you, and so when you go wherever there's land, wherever the food is growing, stuff like that, like there is so much available. We have certainly, I do believe that uh, corporations, very powerful corporations have done their part to make sure that we don't have free energy. We don't have uh, healthy food and, and ways that it's grown, that it's very sustainable food. I think as the world awakens and as our vibration raises as a, and our consciousness improves, I think we'll find out that, yeah, we've been lied to for a long time that there's not enough. There is enough land. There is enough. You realize that oil is not a fossil fuel, right? Go check out Black Gold Stranglehold. It's a book about the realities of how oil is made. They, make, they can make oil in laboratories. It's a microbe that does feed on organic materials. And yes, you know, back where the, when the dinosaurs were around and and uh, you know the massive chunks of forest and greenery were buried by the ice age. Yes, a lot of that did get eaten by those microbes and turned into oil, which is why it's 
found amongst fossils, but oil itself is not made from fossils. We're not going to, it's, there's wells that are oil wells that were dried up, you know, 50 years ago that are being replenished by these microbes and everything like that. So even the idea of oil, which I don't think we'll be running on oil for many more years anyway, but there's enough of everything. The idea that gold, you know, there's, there's statements like there's only enough gold in the world to fill up a swimming pool. Gold is a mineral. Gold is a thing that we have the ability to extract. If we would just, you know, if those technologies would come forward, we can extract minerals from all sorts of things. We can extract gold if we need to. Those illusions and the idea of scarcity is a nightmare pill. And it's, you know, I guess I'm getting a bit uh, conspiracy theorist here, but just think about it. Think about whether it's water, whether it's money or precious materials, whether it's land, whether it's power, we have plenty. We have more than enough. The lie, the attraction is we don't have enough and we're all going to die. And guess what we're creating? So if you want to push into some of those things, push into the lies around the scarcity of money, the scarcity of health, the scarcity of love, the scarcity of land, the scarcity of power, every one of those is lie. Right? Abundance is the very nature of the creative process. Abundance and creation is the very nature of God. And there is more than enough. You just have to attract it. You just have to turn your attention to it. Get in alignment. Find your place. Follow the principles that I've laid out in these series. How to change the world and how to play your part in changing the world is my favorite subject helping people figure out their place helping people figure out their passion because i believe that your passion is directly proportionate to your place and the clarity with okay now i know my passion how the heck am i going to do it well let's talk about that let's follow the law of attraction to and let's get in the car even though it's midnight let's turn on those headlights and let's let's see 200 yards down the road and drive until we can see you know, the next 200 yards. And by the time we're done, you'll have found your passion. You'll be on your path to manifesting your passion and playing your part to change the world. And it will be a source of joy and a source of happiness and a source of healing for others in your life and for the world itself. And focus on the things you desire. Take the time to figure out what you want from politicians. Take the time to figure out what you want from social movements. Take the time to figure out what you want as a career, what you want as a parent, or what you want as a lover, what you want as a professional fill in the blank. There is so much of us that we focus on, well, I don't like that, I don't like that, I don't like that. Great, what do you like? Well, I don't know, I'm just, I'm too busy focusing on what I don't like. It takes time, and I think that's the main reason why so many people continue to live in the rat race and continue to live in the negative cycle is because it's so much easier to focus on the negative cycle and it takes work it takes intention it takes time to figure out what you want out of life what you want out of the world what you want out of the universe but when you decide and here we are full circle decision when you decide the things that you want you will find that those are the things you begin to create. And you get away from focusing on creating the knots because it's impossible anyway. And you start seeing the world through different eyes 
and the world starts changing in front of you. I hope this has helped. I hope this is encouraging. I hope it makes sense. My energy is pretty high today, so I've been talking pretty fast, but uh, I hope it is clear. <laughs> Love you guys. Uh, for those of you who donate regularly, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Much appreciated. And uh, as far as uh, those of you interested in coaching, feel free to email me, austin at newagechristianity.org. Um, or by the time this episode airs, definitely we'll be able to go to the website, check out the different coaching opportunities. Uh, I do spiritual coaching and it's kind of a, you know, it's far reaching and there's people that have uh, paid me for weekends of my time and come and said, Hey, I just want to hang out. Um, there's other people that there's also just belief IQ, which is, you know, goal setting and doing some of the law of attraction work around that. There is other different variations of those that I do. So just go check them out on the website and uh, hit me up. Other than that, we have one more episode in the series and it's just going to be a wrap up. It'll probably be a bit shorter episode, but uh, some of my final notes and closing thoughts and a little bit of review uh, for unpacking the secret. And it's going to be uh, up next week. And then after that, hopefully we will start getting into some uh, interviews I'm going to have Aaron Cameron on. I want to do an interview with uh, Ronnie Harima and get uh, maybe get some you know other old uh, guests back on the show and start changing the format a bit in 2020 for the New Age Christian Podcast. Bless you guys. I'll see you on the next episode.